0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC.
1: Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino.
0: No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: No! Woo! <laughs> In the craziest twist of the 2021 NFL season, That I've seen so far, the Pittsburgh Steelers are heading to the playoffs. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. Welcome to the cutting room floor. Mike Tomlin has never been one for style points. He's talked about that in the past, and he's certainly... Didn't find many style points. And the Steelers win over the Baltimore Ravens. Or really at any point during the Steelers' 2021 season. But the Steelers finished the year 9-7-1. And, and thanks to a last-second field goal by Raiders kicker Daniel Carlson. The Steelers are the seventh seed. In the playoffs. I'm still a little stunned here. I, I, I don't know what to say. Uh, I predicted this was going to happen. I thought the Jaguars were going to beat the Colts. The Colts just haven't been able to win in Jacksonville. I thought the Steelers would beat the Ravens. And I figured it was very unlikely. However, <laughs> However hard they tried. Uh, I figured it was very unlikely the Raiders and Chargers would end that game in a tie. But for it to actually happen is just crazy for this season. You can look at stats across the board. You can look at the roster. You, You can look at the film. And at no point would you look at that film and say... This is a playoff team. Now, I know they take seven teams now, but that's this wasn't a very good team. And yet they found ways to win. Looking at this game on the offense, Ben Roethlisberger wasn't very good. He wasn't. He had a couple of good throws. He had some very bad throws. Overall, not good. Uh, these last couple of games, honestly, in my opinion, since he kind of confirmed that it was coming to an end, uh, I think that affected him. I think that knowledge it, it has thrown his game off even more. I, I think that kind of acceptance that this is the end, it, it's taken something out of him. I, that's just my opinion. That's just my opinion. Um, you, you When you when you see the end, and when you say, okay, this is it. This is my last, you know, games. You, you start to reflect. You start to look back, and you start to lose a bit of your edge. Again, just my opinion, but I, I think that changed. I think that changed because he hasn't been as good. Uh, well, We'll see what he can do in the playoffs. The offensive line uh, was not very good. Dan Moore Jr. was missed a lot. And uh, they they didn't have a very good game on the line. Now, G. Harris got hurt. Uh, he had a pretty solid game for not playing most of the game, but, but he was hurt. He didn't do much. The leading rusher in the game was Chase Claypool. Now, Chase Claypool... Had a good game. Uh, I saw someone mention this. I've been thinking it about it myself. But since since he had that those two games where he was acting up, you know, if I'm gonna put on my old man hat here, he was acting the fool out there. He seems to he seems to be at least knowledgeable of the path he was heading down and how it was going to affect his career. And he seems like he is working to change that. This is not the the Chase Claypool who was worried about celebrations. This is a different Chase Claypool we're seeing, and I like it. I think it's good. Uh, He has a knack for making plays. You look at when he gets the ball versus when Deontay Johnson gets the ball, And Deontay Johnson is fantastic after the catch. Don't get me wrong here. But when there is a play to be made, when the Steelers... Need four yards. Chase Claypool is going to get you four yards. He will find a way to get you four yards more often than a Deontay Johnson will. Like, and in this I'm talking about like jet sweeps. I'm talking about you throw it the ball and he needs three more yards after he catches it to get that first down. He's going to get it. Not Deontay Johnson will look for those big runs. He will look for the big plays. Uh, but that often leads him to not get the necessary yards. Like, you need three yards. Sure, 10 would be great, but you need three. Deontay Johnson is more likely to get you two and more likely to get you 10 than the Chase Claypool, but Chase Claypool is more likely, in my opinion, to get you those three yards that you need. I like that balance between them. I really do. Uh, I hope that whoever the next quarterback is, they can they can really work on that dynamic and really be a, a good one-two punch receiver combo. But the real the the only real part of this offense that worked that I was sitting there looking at saying you know what this, that's working that's playing good those guys are playing really good is the tight ends Pat Fryermoose and Zach Gentry were really good they've been really good uh, I. I love what they're doing with that tight end room. They've been a little underused. This game, that changed. Uh, we've talked on this show about Deontay Johnson uh, and when he is a heavy focus of this offense, how the offense just isn't very good. One of the things we saw in this game is Deontay Johnson had 10 targets. Chase Claypool had 9 targets. Pat Firemuth had 9 targets. That's a lot more balanced than we normally see. It's normally Deontay Johnson with a good lead over everyone else in the most targets. We didn't see that this time. and uh, I think that helped. That helped the Steelers scored more points <laughs> they have uh, ugh, some games. Hard to believe when 16 points is like, well, that's not too bad. You know, that's, that's, that's not a horrible offensive output. It just took four quarters in overtime to get 16 points but they were able to move the ball. And that's also a big deal. This was a more defensive slugfest field position game. And Baltimore usually is good in those games because of their special teams players, especially you know, their kicker, Justin Tucker. But the Steelers were able to move the ball. They were able to keep the game on you know, favorable terms field position wise and not get behind that way. But honestly, I'm looking at this game and I'm starting to think about playoffs. Like I said, this isn't a very good team. And I don't think we have much chance at all of doing anything in the playoffs. We're going to have to beat teams that are significantly better than us. Our first game is Kansas City. Kansas City is a much better team than the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're just better. Steelers are in decline. They're in a bit of a re- they're, they're they're not even a bit of. They're in a real rebuild year. They've got a lot of problems. They've got too many key injuries. Ben Roethlisberger is at the very end of his career, whereas the Chiefs are in their window. This is like running into the you know the 2010 Steelers. This is a team 2010 maybe it's a 2011 Steelers. This is a team built to win still. The Kansas City Chiefs are in that window majorly. And the Steelers The Steelers are in transition. They're heading into a major transition period. But for me, I, I I can't get on board with the people who didn't want the Steelers to make the playoffs because oh we're gonna lose a playoff game. It's always better to make the playoffs than to not. It's always better. It's better to lose a wild card game than to be at home and not play in it. That's why I I always look at playoff records differently. I don't count wild card games uh, at all. I I seriously don't count them as a playoff thing. Uh, Do do you play in the divisional round? That's really where I start counting playoffs. I have a whole system how I rate playoffs. Um. but one of my rules is wild card games don't count. Uh, uh, I'll go into that maybe later in the off season. That's more of an off season topic. But it's better to make the playoffs, right? But especially this season, especially this season, because what really what we're really talking about here with this win over the Ravens and with. The Jaguars beating the Colts and the Chargers and Raiders managing to not tie. We get one more game of Ben Roethlisberger. One more game. His Steeler season isn't over yet. His Steeler career isn't over yet. We get one more game. And if we can win that... Then we get one more game after that. It's phenomenal. It's it's good. I I am happy for it. I, I'm glad that we get to see Ben Roethlisberger make a playoff start again. I don't care if he plays poorly. I don't care if the Steelers get blown out. Let's let's get one more game. I'm not ready to go into the offseason. I'm not ready to evaluate film. I'm not ready to get ready for the draft and free agency and you know talk about all that stuff. We got some time before we need to do that. Time enough for one more game with Ben Roethlisberger. I'm going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the defense and we'll talk about what the Steelers can do and what are our chance to, to pull off an upset and actually win a playoff game against a much better team and a team that beat the snot out of us earlier this season. So stay put, stay tuned, and I will be right back.
1: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: Welcome back, Steelers fans. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict, and you're listening to The Cutting Room Floor. The Cutting Room Floor, as always, is brought to you by the Behind the Steel Curtain Network of Podcasts. This week, we're preparing for the Steelers in the playoffs. And if you're newer to our podcast family, this is going to be a wild week. It's going to be a fun week. You're not going to want to miss the content on our podcasts. I'm especially excited for uh, my weekly show that I co-host with Michael Beck. Is going to get another week. We after the season ends, uh, we can no longer be uh, know your own enemy or know know your enemy. We have to we have to change up the show. Uh, it'll change formats a little bit, but we get one more week of trying we've been having trouble getting guests but we're trying to get a we're gonna get somebody from the Kansas City Chiefs to talk to them about this wild card matchup and what is really a kind of David and Goliath's matchup with the Chiefs uh, but beyond just our show there's a lot of good shows out there they're all going to be focusing on the Steelers in the playoffs what the Steelers can do to win where this you know where the season lines up, what it means to have Ben Roethlisberger for one more game. So make sure you're checking that out, and also head over to the head over to our website. You're going to get a lot of articles talking about this. You're going to get some film room breakdowns. Lots of lots of things going on this week as we head into the Steelers in the playoffs. Something I'm still wrapping my head around. That is not something I expected, and I doubt many of us expected to see when this season started, or really at any point in the season. Oh, man. After, after week two, after that first week against the Bills, man, we had the Steelers, thinking the Steelers were Super Bowl contenders, but once we had the injuries to Oluwalu, a lot of other players, it, it just it never seemed like the Steelers had much of a chance to make anything of this season. But from 1-3, the Steelers went to 9-7-1. and one. And they're now... Headed to the wild card game. This game, the plays made that were needed to be made that that went into winning this game were made by the Steelers' defense. Uh, The Steelers came out of this game with a 3 1 turnover advantage. They got some, you know, they were getting pressure on the quarterback, they were forcing plays. Uh, It it was the defense setting up the offense definitely for, for this game to be won. And I want to talk specifically here about a crazy stat. So Steelers gave up 249 rushing yards to the Ravens and held them to 13 points. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. To give up 249 yards and only give up 13 points. That's 249 yards rushing, not total. Rushing yards. 13 total points. That's absolutely crazy. But it's not new. In fact, this is the third time in 2021 that the Steelers have given up at least 200 rushing yards and allowed 16 or fewer points, less than 17 points. 17 points is two touchdowns and a field goal. The Steelers have three times allowed 200 or more rushing yards, and held their opponent to under 17 points. That is crazy, right? That's absolutely crazy. In fact, that puts the Steelers in a tie with the 1978 Buffalo Bills and the 1956 Chicago Cardinals for the most games in a season where they gave up 200 yards and the opponent scored 17 or fewer points. The Bills and the Cardinals in those seasons went 1-2. and The Steelers, in three games this year, again, giving up 200 or more rushing yards and and giving up less than 17 points are 2-0-1, which means for the first time in NFL history, a team has done that three times in a season. Without losing one of the games, first time that's ever been done. Twenty twenty one Pittsburgh Steelers did it, but how did they do it? How did they do it? If, if you really follow uh, my articles on behind the steel curtain, uh, we can harken back to the twenty in in, in two thousand and twenty. It's after the twenty nineteen season. I did a big five-part breakdown on Terrell Austin's impact on the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense and showed how the defense evolved over the course of that year, how we were a very different defense the first couple of weeks when we didn't have Minka Fitzpatrick, how the game Minka Fitzpatrick showed up. The Steelers really showed They, they, they were still trying to run the same defense they ran with Sean Davis, right? They didn't know what they had in Minka Fitzpatrick yet. And they kept alternating Minka Fitzpatrick and Terrell Edmonds at free safety and strong safety. Like Minka would be at free safety for a drive and Terrell Edmonds playing strong safety. And then, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick would go up into the box and Terrell Edmonds would drop deep. And over the first half of the game, it started to become really clear that Terrell Edmonds was not a good deep safety and that Minka Fitzpatrick was not a box safety, and they developed their roles. But they also showed that that Minka Fitzpatrick wasn't a cover one safety. Uh, I'm getting I'm getting really into this because I, I love this topic, but I'll try and I'll try and keep it short. Basically, uh, I covered in that series how they changed the offense to f- how they changed the defense to fit Minka Fitzpatrick's style, and part of it. Involved Terrell Austin and what he did on the third downs. I, I spent a decent amount of time on some of his innovative and different-looking third down defenses. If if you remember in 2019 and even in 2020 on third down, you would have Cameron Sutton in the slot, right? Because he's a dime back, he's in, and he's covering a slot receiver. And right before the snap, he would just start running backwards, running backwards into the middle of the field. And dropping deep. And on these downs, Terrell Edmonds and Minka Fitzpatrick would start on the line to make the first down. That's where they would stand to start, in like in looking like a cover two set. But then Cameron Sutton would drop deep into the middle and be the deep safety kind of role, the deep center zone. The outside cornerbacks would drop into deep zones. The linebacker and Mike Hilton, the two best tacklers would head out straight outside and cover short, wide zones, while Terrell Edmonds and Minka Fitzpatrick stood right on that line to make a first down or stepped up slowly. They didn't move much, and they were ready, sitting there waiting for the play to come to them. That defense was almost impossible for people to get first downs on, largely because they could play play Mike Hilton and... Whatever linebacker they used as the dime back, uh, out wide and leave a big bunch of space in the middle for Minka Fitzpatrick and Terrell Edmonds, and those two could cover the ground. 2019, 2020, 2021. There's been some wrinkles added, there's some complexity added there. But that kind of strategy, that kind of idea, using Minka Fitzpatrick and Terrell Edmonds and their range and their speed and their ability to, to disrupt pass plays. Uh, has a, been a key staple. And ever since 2019, the Steelers have been one of the very best teams in the league on third and 10 or longer. That continues this year. On third and 10, I believe they're top eight. On third and 12, they're sixth in first down conversion rate. Really good numbers considering how poorly our defense ranks overall. And this year, the Pittsburgh Steelers, if they got a team to 3rd and 15 or farther, did not allow a single first down. And they, they got teams to that number quite a bit. 28 times the Pittsburgh Steelers got a team into a 3rd and 15 or longer situation. Holding penalties or a sack you know, false start and then just incomplete passes, whatever. When they get you in long yardage situations, the Steelers' defense closes out drives. And this goes into how they survive. This, goes, this covers half of how they survive in these low-scoring games. And that is when they, these low-scoring games, where they're giving up rushing yards. And that is, they can give up 20 yards here. They can give up 30 yards here. But when they get a stop, And they get an incomplete pass on second down. And all of a sudden, you're in third and long. Or, second down, they get a sack, and you're at third and 16, third and 17. They're closing that drive out. You're not getting anywhere. You're not getting that first down. You're not complete converting long third downs against the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense. And that is the key for the Pittsburgh Steelers beating the Kansas City Chiefs. The other reason the Pittsburgh Steelers have been able to pull off giving up that many rushing yards and that few points is that the Pittsburgh Steelers are one of the best red zone defenses in the NFL. They are consistently not giving up touchdowns. They are top 10 this year. They were one of the better teams last year. They are a good red zone defense. So, that combination of when they get in the red zone, when they get down close, they do much better at not giving up touchdowns. And you combine that with they don't, they get third down stops and they close out a drive. You. See how the Steelers, when they're able to get some stops early on, can overcome getting gashed for big plays, for 20, 30-yard plays, as long as they don't give up touchdowns on long plays. They don't really get gashed that, in a way that hurts them because they're able to still stop the drives or hold them to field goals. You get a couple of big runs, you settle for a field goal. Pittsburgh Steelers are still in pretty good shape. That offense can go with that, given, you know, as long as the the scoring is kept down. Obviously, the offense is going to have to score more points to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, but the key to beating the Kansas City Chiefs, to me, is on defense, getting those early stops consistently. And that is a very, hard task, but if they can't do that, there's no way the offense is going to be able to keep up with the Chiefs. And I I know I'm putting a lot of this on the defense, where the defense has kind of carried the Steelers most of this time. As as not good as the defense has been overall when you look at statistics, the offense is, is much worse. Uh, and yet this team is winning. This team is a 9-7 and seven 9-7-1, It is heading to the playoffs. This team is 21st in points scored and 22nd in points allowed. They're not good. <laughs> and yet, here they are. Here they are. Heading to the playoffs to face the Kansas City Chiefs. It's incredible to me. Uh... In their first matchup, you might be thinking, oh, well, you know, the Steelers have dodged some quarterbacks, they've gotten some backup quarterbacks, they've beaten some bad teams. In the Steelers' first matchup with the Chiefs, the Chiefs got into three third-and-ten-or-longer situations. On those three plays, the Chiefs gained exactly one yard and threw an interception. One incomplete pass, one run for one yard, and an interception. And third and ten or longer. So, heading to this game, what we need to look for, for the Steelers to have a chance to beat the Chiefs, is we need some splash plays on defense, especially on first down. A tackle for loss on first down is crushing to the other team. Against the Steelers defense. Their third down defense is phenomenal. Teams just aren't going to do well if they can if the Steelers can put them in negative yardage early in the downs. The other thing the Steelers need to do is they need to keep the tight ends being involved. Hopefully, Donji Harris is healthy. Hopefully, Dan Brown Moore Jr. is back. Maybe Kevin Dotson comes back. The offensive line, if we have some hope, the offensive line is going to actually be able to do something against the Chiefs, that would be phenomenal. You know, get a get a play action, passes to tight ends, running back, you know, really overwork the Kansas City Chief linebackers. Make them struggle, right? Move the ball, get field goals, get some touchdowns. Keep that scoring coming, even if it's not always touchdowns. If you can just get good field position and get a a score to keep it close. The defense, get those first down stops. Make some splash plays. Get them off the field on third downs. Steelers would have a chance. Is Is it much of a chance? No, it's not much of a chance. Is it a realistic chance? No. No, in all honesty, looking at numbers, looking at stats, looking at film, across the board, the Chiefs should demolish the Steelers. But it doesn't matter. Every Most teams the Steelers face should demolish them. And yeah, we're 9-7-1. And and all you got to do is win. But win or lose, whatever comes, uh, enjoy this game. Enjoy one more game. From Ben Roethlisberger, As the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Enjoy that. Don't don't miss the forest for the trees. Don't get so caught up in playoff record and all these things. That we don't enjoy having 18 games of Ben Roethlisberger in 2021. Instead of 17. And who knows? Crazier things have happened. Maybe we'll get a 19th game. I don't know. But if we do... We'll talk about that next week. But for now, my name is Jeffrey Benedict. You've been listening to The Cutting Room Floor. Have a good week. Go Stealer.